0: Right back with Libby Snymer on Zuma Radio.
1: Welcome back. How did you enjoy driving yesterday with both the Don Valley Parkway and the Gardner closed? Has it been much better on other days? What do you think of your fellow drivers cutting you off, blocking intersections, making illegal left turns? Well, Toronto Mayor John Tory has a plan. He's introduced 10 intersections across the city that will be monitored by traffic assistant personnel. Uh, those are police officers, by the way. Uh, but how will that work, and is it the best use of uniformed police officers? I'd like to have your thoughts on that. The numbers, once again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Your thoughts on whether using expensive cops to monitor Intersections is a good idea or a bad idea. And right now I have Toronto Constable Clint Stibbe from Toronto Traffic Services. Hi, Clint. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, thank you. Okay, so so, uh, what is the idea behind this? Well, what it is is to help
2: reduce the amount of gridlock and essentially congestion that the city is suffering by... uh, posting officers at eight specific locations throughout the city uh, basically that have been identified to having uh, traffic issues. Uh, some of the locations uh, such as Bay Street and Queen Street, uh, Front Street and Simcoe, uh, Lakeshore Boulevard, Park Long Road, um, Shepherd Avenue and Young, Front and University, uh, Bay and Bloor. These, these areas, they're unfortunately... <sighs> It's it's always a situation where uh, somebody sees somebody doing something wrong and always asks, you know, where's the police officer for this? You know, where is the uh, somebody to deal with these individuals that are making the improper turns?
1: Well, well, exactly.
2: (laughs) And, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it and I've experienced it in my own personal car. So the problem is we have. Uh, a lot of roadway that we have to deal with. Well over, I believe it's uh, almost 7,000 kilometres, actually 6,500 kilometres of roadways in the City of Toronto. Those roadways, unfortunately, we cannot be policed all the time. We cannot watch everybody. That's where the community has to work together by following all the rules. Unfortunately, a lot of individuals don't do that. They address... Uh, they're driving as if they're uh, on their own private island. They can pretty much do wh- what they want.
1: Okay, or, let me let me ask you a question sure. though, and that has to do with those left turns. Yeah. So, uh, I uh, on my regular routes, there are a number of uh, of streets or uh, where a left turn is perfectly legal, but there is no advance green, and the cars going straight will not let you turn left. And if, if it's about to turn yellow, they'll speed up and go through the intersection. And if you didn't kind of do it, uh, what I'm assuming is illegally, uh, you wouldn't, nobody would get through a left turn like that.
2: Now, you understand uh, an uh, illegal left turn is referring to a location where you cannot make a left turn, period.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: if an individual moves into an intersection where they're, let's say, tied up in the intersection, waiting for the person to make, or sorry, waiting for traffic uh, to open up a gap or whatnot, So vehicles that are being caught in the intersection either at that point or uh, perhaps uh, traffic for, let's say, we'll use typically, a, let's say, a southbound roadway that's backed up. person tries to make the left-hand turn and now is caught in the intersection when they shouldn't even be there. There's a couple different ways you can look at the illegal left turn. It's how they individually do it. But for the most part, it has to do with a location where they cannot make a left turn, period.
1: Okay. So but so what do you do in that situation? You're about to make a legal left turn, but, but um, you end up making it Sorry, on red say, le- because le- nobody will let you make it
2: sorry, did you say legal or illegal? Legal.
1: Illegal. Okay, so it's legal to turn there, but but there's no gap in the traffic and there's no advance green.
2: Well, then, you know, you have a requirement under the Highway Traffic Act to clear the intersection and, uh, as soon as practical. Now, being stuck in the intersection means you're going to be stuck there, period, sitting. Uh, an individual that's already moved into the intersection to make that left-hand turn and it is allowed, then uh, we're not going to give those individuals a hard time because they are moving with traffic and trying to get through. The illegal ones are the ones that are disobeying the signs. And those are the ones that are uh, now causing a straight-through road, such as, we'll say, Queen and Bay. Uh, You can't make a left-hand turn Monday to Friday uh, from 7 to 7. So an individual that's attempting to make that left-hand turn now is causing westbound traffic, let's say, to back up or eastbound traffic to back up, because now we've lost one lane to somebody that's now breaking the rules. And what's interesting is when we place an officer at intersections and they're... And drivers are aware that they are there, and even pedestrians, they will not break the rules. Once they, they leave that intersection, maybe move down to the next one, they then go, revert back to their old habits, which are breaking rules and making those uh, improper turns or the crossing against the light or whatever the case may be. So there, it is interesting, the mentality that uh, a lot of drivers and pedestrians have when they see a police officer. Well, but it's... at the same time, when we look at the, the risk to the public, Uh, individuals that make the left-hand turns. Those are the number one uh, involving pedestrians, number one fatality. Uh, Right turn is number two, and a mid-block crossing is number three. So by placing officers at these locations, we can help make the road safer for the pedestrians, and at the same time, try and expedite traffic uh, going through those intersections as well.
1: Okay, I I have another question about those left turns where there are no advanced greens. So Mm -hmm. is it legal for only one person to be in the intersection waiting to turn, or can a number of cars be there?
2: It would depend on the size of the intersection. Uh, Reality is, if the light starts to change and you're behind the marked line, you actually should not be crossing it. So the vehicles that are still in the intersection should be allowed to clear. What's interesting, though, is you're talking strictly about the car side, but keep in mind the pedestrian side. A lot of times when the countdowns begin... The countdown purpose is for the pedestrians to clear off the roadway. What that'll do is any gaps in traffic, because the way the lights are set up, they are sequenced. There should be gaps in traffic. In most cases, there are. But the individual that now is trying to make the left-hand turn has to deal with the pedestrians that are now running across the street when they shouldn't be. When in reality, that countdown period is for clearing the intersections. It is for allowing traffic to move. The problem is they get held back because of pedestrians that are breaking the rules.
1: Yeah, n- never never mind uh, pedestrians darting in and out of traffic. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to give the numbers out again, 416 or toll-free, 1-866-744-740. I'm on the line with Constable Clint Stibby about... New measures that are going into effect in a week, and that is cops at eight major intersections to make sure that people don't drive illegally. And hopefully this will ease some traffic con- congestion. Uh, I'd like to hear what are some of the things that you've been seeing in those intersections, and uh, do you have any questions about it? So, uh, Constable Stibbe, um do you think this is a good use of cops? You know what? Absolutely.
2: Anything that makes our roads safer is uh, a positive for everybody, not just uh, for the pedestrians, but for cyclists and the drivers as well. But we need to keep in mind that there are eight areas that have been identified uh, during peak periods uh, throughout the city. Uh, One of the locations is Bay Street from Bloor to Front. That is a high occupancy vehicle lane. I don't know if you've ever used Bay Street in that uh, area, but I used to enforce that quite heavily. And the mentality of the individuals uh, using the HOV lanes, they shouldn't be there, and then they think that they can justify why they're there because they maybe had two or three people in the car, when the reality is only bus, bike, and taxis are permitted, er, as well as bicycle and motorcycle, are permitted in that particular lane. So some of the focus will be on Bay Street, where we traditionally do see heavy abuse of those high-occupancy vehicle lanes, and we see uh, individuals one after another committing the offenses, causing more and more traffic congestion because now they're slowing down the, the ta- taxis, the buses, uh, cyclists are being affected, in some cases, struck, and pedestrians as well. So we look at the whole package and we have to keep in mind that it is a challenge. There are 2.8 million people in the city of Toronto. There's only about 5,500 police officers. So we have to try and maximize our impact uh, by making essentially assessments of the driving areas that we we see as having problems, which is, as we mentioned, the Bay Streets, the Queen Streets, Fronts, the Simcoes, where we see problems and try and help manage those problems or minimize the impact to the general public throughout the rush hour times, because at those times was when we see the collisions, the, um, the traffic abuse, if you want to call it that, uh, by the individuals who are breaking the rules. And unfortunately, we as drivers never do anything to make ourselves better than when we got our license uh, when we were 16. We took a course then, but really from then till now, how many people? And I would ask you, if you drive, have you taken a driving course since you got your license?
1: Um, um,
2: no, no. <laughs> no. I, I would exactly. I mean, I've taken driving courses uh, for here for um, pursuit courses, uh, driving skills. You know, you name it. I've done it here. So I would suggest my driving ability is a bit better than the average person. That being said, we're not perfect. We, drivers uh, and police officers, whether they're driving a car, or are involved in collisions, they make mistakes. Not saying everyone is a police officer's fault, not saying everyone is a driver's fault, but individuals make mistakes, and nobody is perfect on the road 100% of the time. Rolling a stop sign is a mistake. Uh, you know, taking your eyes off the road because to talk to somebody in the back of your car because maybe something was spilled is a mistake. So we have to keep in mind, the laws were designed to make the road safe, The problem is drivers or the public only follow those laws to what works for them. And this is where, unfortunately, the enforcement aspect and the monitoring aspect has to come into play in order to make people more accountable for what they do.
1: Uh, I have a final question, uh, Constable. Okay, so this is a pilot project Mm -hmm. that's going to go for four weeks in the summer, four weeks in the fall. Now, we saw with the previous measure that, uh, you know, we saw, okay, uh, cars were towed if they were doing uh, bad things during rush hour, stopping, and that worked for a while, and as soon as that stopped, the behavior went back to the same as what it was before.
2: Yeah, Unfortunately, it is uh, individuals who are taking advantage of, uh, of situations as they present themselves, where they would be uh, less likely when they know, quote-unquote, they know that the officers are there. But the reality is that... Even if we had 5,000 officers dedicated to this detail every single day, something else is going to suffer. We, we don't have enough manpower to address everything throughout the city, whether it happens at Bay Street or then everybody moves over to York Street or over to University. Like, it, it, you'll find that we're areas that are enforced or monitored more heavily individuals move to another location to try and still commit the same type of offense or bend the law, if you will, uh, to make it suit themselves. Because most people don't want to get a ticket. I'm going to suggest that if you had an option to avoid a ticket, you probably would. I
1: probably would. Okay. I think we have time for uh, one call. We've got uh, Jerry in Guelph. Hi, Jerry. Hi. Um, I asked the officer, what
3: do you uh, propose doing to make, I drive a tractor trailer and I pull a 53-foot trailer. And for me to make a right-hand turn, Around one uh, the intersection, I got to swing diagonally into the middle of the intersection and cut hard around. And there's always some idiot in a car that decides he wants to come up my inside and becomes the the cream of a graham cracker. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I find cyclists and bikes doing the same thing.
2: But it, what it boils down to, when we, that is a perfect example, you have your right signal on. I know if I see a tractor trailer needs to make a right-hand turn, I will adjust to allow that vehicle to make that right-hand turn. The reality is, most people don't look any further than the front bumper of their car uh, or the front hood of their car because they're so focused on what's happening right now that they're not looking down the road to see what's happening ahead of time. If we've had it just the other day. We had a, um, a collision on Lawrence, and a, a lady pulled out and she started driving towards the collision scene, went past police vehicles. And when we stopped her, she pointed, no, I have to go that way, despite the fact there was a a helicopter there and um, a collision uh, with fire trucks, I have to go that way. There's a perfect example that this was not new. This was not a surprise. You could see it from several blocks back, but individuals are not looking that far down and cannot adapt to a change in environment. And you have two types of individuals in the vehicle: ones that can, and those that cannot adapt or change their routes as needed. And, are they, uh, I've, are I've they
3: planning it, on doing some other streets other than A Street in the, in the near future?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's a, there's a list of uh, eight streets uh, which you can yeah. probably find online. Uh, Constable Stib- Stibby uh, announced them. Yep. <clears throat> I, just like,
3: a, I heard when Jane Brown mentioned it yesterday on the news, yeah. all she mentioned was up and down Bay Street. Okay, yeah, you know what?
2: Um, I, can, I can tell you what they are. It's Bay Street, Queen Street, Front and Simcoe Streets, Lakeshore Boulevard, Parklawn Road, Shepherd Avenue and Young Street. And that's specifically a corner that they're dealing with there. Front Street, University Avenue. They're just doing, they're just doing the, the, uh, the downtown core. The downtown core primarily, but there is some up in North York as well.
1: Okay, it's also University Avenue in Adelaide and uh, Bay Street from Bloor to Front. Yeah,
3: I'm glad you happened to mention about some of your fellow officers, because being on the road all the time, it irritates me to no end. When I watch an officer put his roof lights on, do a U-turn around an island, and then turn his lights off and turn into a a coffee shop or or just go down the road uh, at, uh, at normal speed and using his lights just to make the turn.
2: Well, the, the reality is, uh, unless there's a uh, sign-up indicating that a U-turn is prohibited, the, uh, there's actually uh, no law against you making a U-turn in an intersection, or um, the only exceptions would be anywhere near 150 feet within a U-turn, or sorry, a, a curve, a crest, or tunnel. Okay.
1: So, <laughs> Thanks <laughs> a few, for that. We are, we're totally out of time. So yeah, no um, uh, thank you so much, Constable Stibby, Jerry.